Hello, hello, everybody. This is No Chick Flick Moments, and I am your co-host, Remy. And I'm your other co-host, B. Welcome to our Supernatural Watchcast. Hi. Hi. Hello. Here we are at the beginning still. Yep. Yep. Tiny baby steps forward. One episode in... Last week we had a blast, still right in that high, so this week we are watching uh, Supernatural Episode 1, oh sorry, <laughs> Supernatural Season 1, Episode 2, Wendigo. Yes. First, first impressions be. <sighs> I, I, I can't wait for next week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should say first, second impression. And this is pretty second for me. I have not watched this episode very often, and I feel like today I was vindicated in that choice. <laughs> Wait, oh, when, when, when Digo? Yep. Yes. Ep- episode two. Give me the writer. Give me the director. Give me the synopsis. Sure. So so demanding. I kind of like it, V. <laughs> This was an episode written by Eric Kripke with Ron Milbear? Milbauer? Uh, not sure. 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 Um, and Terry Hughes Burton. So, so there's a lot of them. A lot of cooks in the kitchen on this one. And to make this, okay. <laughs> it was directed by David Nutter. And yep, same guys last week. Y- yep, yep. And the original air date for this episode was September 20th, 2005. I just had the realization that they have been essentially pretending they're in the future. Like, the first episode was November 2nd, 2005. This episode takes place a couple weeks later. And I'm like, if they're airing in September, then yeah, they're they're playing future vision with us right now. They were probably filming in like the summer, so And they're like, who knows, maybe we'll actually get to air on a spookum's date in October. They they needed they needed this yeah, they needed the Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's obligatory. <laughs> Synopsis. Well, wait, wait. Didn't Buffy wasn't Buffy's first episode like a a, a Halloween episode, or am I thinking of um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch? <laughs> mm, good question. I feel like that sounds like it would be in character for Buffy. I, like you said, it's it's obligatory. You have a supernatural TV show. First episode is set on Halloween, making fun of supernatural TV shows. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Buffy first aired in March. Of 2005? No, of 1997. Okay. I was about to say, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just took me aback that it came out on March 10th. Uh, like, instead of a September mm-hmm. or a mid-season replacement in January. Hmm. Different times. They, yeah, they did things differently back then. Mm-hmm. Well, the synopsis for this episode reads, uh, Sam, and this is going to be all season folks, so <laughs> the synopsis <Buckle> reads, <laughs> Sam and Dean follow the coordinates left in their father's journal and land in the middle of the woods where they investigate the disappearance of several campers. 
The two brothers soon learn they are dealing with the Wendigo, a creature made famous from Native American legends. A Wendigo is a former human whose cannibalism has transformed... Sorry. A Wendigo is a formal... A Wendigo is a former human whose cannibalism has transformed him into a creature with superhuman strength and speed that feasts on human flesh. I almost lost the thread there. I cannot read my own handwriting. I was real lazy today, y'all. They've lost the thread, too. It's not very often that we see lore drops happen in the synopsis. Yep. Let alone this type of drop oh my god oh they're get they're 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 babies b they're easy they're, to it i'm like they're idiot 30 year olds <laughs> but it's fine i can relate to that aspect at least <laughs> hey b the previously on was so 2005 it was wild i was like Crazy. you guys are trying to do a movie trailer as you're previously on so many, so many cuts, so many spookum sounds, so many, like, drama one-liners. Mm-hmm. Words on the screen intercut yeah. with background images. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know what it was, B? What? It was All Saints Day from... Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it was, was an legitimately... 80s trailer. <laughs> It was legitimately All Saints Day from uh, season 13. 14. 14. 14. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I, I very much enjoyed this previously on. And and the not-so-silent si- uh, title card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, they're taking their footing slowly but steadily here. When we do get the title card, which I don't mean to step on your territory, B, uh, after the uh, the episode hook, the intro hook, uh, the the title card has the has the uh, s- supernatural staple, the sound effects. So, <laughs> all right, I'll stop. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Yeah, speaking of the hook. So, we start off in Blackwater Ridge, Colorado. We see some campers in the woods have been out there for a week or so. Um, There's some gaming playing. It's dark at night. And Tommy is messaging someone named Haley on his satellite phone. One of the gang goes out to take a leak amongst the trees. Here's some rustling and then screams. The remaining campers are attacked, they're surrounded, and again, more bloody screaming scares. Here we have the lesson, do not go camping at night in the woods. They're not just going camping, they've been out there for, like you said, six days. Uh, Tommy is checking in with Haley and saying, hey, okay, we're still doing good, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And sends off his message, and then all hell breaks, breaks loose. I do very much enjoy the Game Boy DSs in this scene. And Gosh, yes. the vintage uh, shell necklace that Tommy's rocking. Oh, yes. Uh, like, everything about this, I was like, 
I'm feeling dated, like the Blackberry-esque satellite phone that he's using, Mm -hmm. like just calling them satellite phones. (laughs) Bless. And like also hearkening to earlier times, I was sitting here and I'm just like, that's a baby Cory Monteith amongst this crowd. Yes, yes. Finn from Glee before he was Finn from Glee. Yep. And we'll see later in this episode, we also have baby Han Solo, Alden Ehrenreich, something like that. Ehrenreich. Which I had no idea that was a thing. So I was like, B, you absolutely, whenever you see a baby face from someone that I know from the future times, you have to tell (laughs) me. You have to tell me because even I learned today that baby Han Solo from the new Han Solo movies is, yeah. Yeah. Episode two of Supernatural. I've been honing my skills watching Grey's Anatomy from the first season and just being like, oh, there's Millie Bobby Brown. And like, oh, there we go. Like so many people from Supernatural again, like poor Curtis Armstrong. He gets killed in an episode. Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) We had um, Uriel as a lawyer at one point. Just wild times okay but we're getting off track here we have our spooky horror startup here but we are not sticking with it long title card then we're back to palo alto where sam is going to jess's grave and he has some flowers in hand and he is lamenting not telling her the truth yeah and we talked about it a little bit last week, like how he he was trying to tell Dean, like, no, I'm not just burying my head in the sand. I, I, I still, I'm still being smart about it. I um, am just not actively seeking out this life anymore. But yeah. we have <laughs> a safe life is what he's actively pursuing. Not right, right. Cases. Right, right. Not a normal life, a safe life. Uh, but then we have Dean. We had Dean calling him out on that a little bit, not explicitly saying like you're, you're like endangering. Right. Yeah. By by not telling uh Jess, then you know who is that helping? You're not helping your relationship. Just lying all the time and. Um, he, he, he was saying like, it's, it's, it it is dangerous. You know, it's dangerous. So yeah, this is, this is healthy, but, um, but now we have Sam in this episode saying, you know, I should have told you, I should have protected you. And he feels like he failed her. Yeah. And I mean, he kind of did when you know the dangers out there. It was a choice to not include her in this. But at the same time, it's the same death your mother experienced in 83. Here we are 22 years later. How much can you protect against something like this when you've spent decades chasing it and you still have no answers? Right, right. How how could they have known? So, yeah. Um. Fun little thing to notice is that Jess's birthday is the same as Dean's. She's just five years earlier than he is. Oh, I didn't notice. I say earlier, but I mean younger. <laughs> not very good at expressing time. It's okay. I'm not very good at expressing numbers, anything over a thousand. I'm like 3240. That, yeah, 3240. That's a number, right? 
Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it gets it across. Uh Uh-huh. And as Sam leaves the flowers on Jess's grave, we see a fist burst out from the dirt and grab him. And Sam jolts awake in the Impala, catching Dean's attention as he drives. Yep. It was, uh, it was a nightmare of the graveyard. Yeah. And not the first nightmare, according to Dean, because that's the first thing he asks. Oh, is this another one? Yeah. And Sam's just, like, shaking it off. He just settles back in. He's like, I'm fine. Yeah. He's fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Dean is not, you know, really pushing him on it here. He's asking, you okay? Uh, You want to drive? Yeah, trying to cheer him up with that offer. Uh Uh-huh. And that catches Sam's attention. He's like... Dean, for as long as I've been alive, you have never asked me that question. I, I, I know you're worried about me, but I'm perfectly okay. I'm like, I'm okay. <laughs> sure. I'm like, Sam, that was a little dramatic too. I mean, you guys were together maybe five years where you were technically of age to drive. Uh, it's not right. like it's been decades. If, if in season 15 you have this same complaint, more justified. <laughs> And I, I, I did, I did notice that too. I'm like, oh, come on. You guys have been, you guys have been one separated for a while. And two, did John ever let either of you drive? Come on. Yeah. Dean sure didn't get this car on his 16th birthday. So anyways, um, we find out here that they stayed in Stanford for a week, stayed at Stanford for a week, but there were no leads into what killed Jess. And so, um, If this is the first time in 20 years that this thing has returned, they figure that dad must have the answers. John will know what they, what they need to do. So that's where they are chasing off to next. Yeah. The only thing they can do is now find dad. And, uh, so they are traveling to the coordinates that John left for Dean in his notebook, uh, in the last uh, hunt. Yep. So the closest that they get to those coordinates without wandering into the woods is Lost Creek Trails Ranger Station. And they head inside looking for a route to the ridge. And we find out a little bit about the local landscape that there's both bears and abandoned mine shafts mentioned in the area. Yep. And they meet, was it, what was it, Ranger Wilkinson? Yeah, I think that was right. Mm-hmm. Close enough. Yeah, just, just a pair. No, 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 don't worry, Ranger Wilkinson. We're not, we're not trying to go hike the dangerous backwoods. Oh, no, no, no. We're, we're just curious. We're environmental study majors from UC Boulder and we're writing a paper, you know, just trying to, just trying to learn up of the history on the history of the area. Yeah, and that sure rolled off Sam's tongue there. He was ready with the lie, and Dean was ready to back him up, even if they were maybe not as convincing as they hoped, (laughs) since the ranger calls bull on their cover stories and asks if they're friends of Haley's, right? And Dean just plays along and goes, yeah, sure. And from that, we find out that her brother is missing in this area. Yeah. 
But he's not really missing yet, is he? Because Tommy uh, filled out a, uh, a a disclosure, a release form, uh, stating that he was going to be out uh, in the backwoods for um, up until the the 23rd. And he, and, you know, he's just still out there. He's fine. Haley's just worrying for much. Yeah, there's still time before the 24th hits. So if he's not here yet, that's not the end of the world as far as the ranger's concerned. Right. But Dean does wheedle a copy of that permit out from him. And using that information, he figures he's going to go ask this Haley person some questions. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and but as they're leaving the ranger station, Sam is not happy with that uh, plan of action. No. The first thing he does is accuse Dean of cruising for a hookup with this girl and accusing this as just being a distraction away from what they actually need to be taken care of, which is go to the coordinates and find Dad. Right, and right. Dean's thrown by this behavior from Sam. Yeah, since when are, you know, since when are you ready to just run and get guns a-blazing? I thought that we could go talk to this Haley and actually figure out something about what we're dealing with before just charging in. Uh, And Sam is, yeah, he just has said, uh, I have one goal. I don't care about the monster. I care about finding dad. Or, you know, I don't care about whatever's going on here. I care about finding dad. And... And, you know, that's it. Yeah. This is the initial kind of ethos that we're going to see echoed in a later scene where essentially Dean understands the big picture is to go and find their dad. But um, maybe the bigger picture beyond that is we still need to be protecting people from things they can't protect themselves against. Mm hmm. So they head off to Haley's location. Um, They pretend to be rangers themselves, interested in what happened to Tommy. They flash their fake IDs. And as she lets them in, she mentions that she likes their car. Yeah. And, you know, Dean Dean gives Sam a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge for that one. Yeah. Dean is not being strictly professional here. And they aren't really dressed to trick anyone, but Haley is being attentive to these things and still a little cautious as she briefs them in what's happened. So basically, her brother Tommy stopped checking in about three days ago, even using his satellite phone. Um, She does have some photos and a video that she shows Sam and Dean, And Sam clocks something on the video and asks her to send them a copy. Yeah. And uh, Dean tries to reassure her, says, well, we're looking into it. We're heading out in the morning. Uh, We'll we'll go go try to track Tommy down. And Haley then reveals that, hey, she's going to. She's not going to sit around waiting. She hired a guide and she is going to go... You know, if if Tommy's not going to call, she's going to go find him herself. Exactly. If the rangers aren't doing a search and rescue, then she's going to do the next best thing. Hmm. So we cut to a bar 
and we get the research drop here from Sam, where there are two people that have gone missing this year, eight in 1982, and there has been quote-unquote grizzly attacks happening about every 23 years in the area. Yep, a handful of hikers go missing every 23 years like clockwork. And this is the first scene where we see uh, Sam's trusty laptop that we don't know and love <laughs> yet, but we will grow to. Oh, man, I didn't even clock it. I, I was being attentive to the fact that the video was playing and somehow he decided that these three frames in this video really needed attention whatever flashed by on the footage was eerily fast. And so, again, it's pinging his radar as being something supernatural. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just a shadow. It, it something, something was moving. Yeah. And not only has there been attacks every 23 years, but the attack in 1959 left one person alive, this child who has since grown up and in the next scene we find out is Mr. Shaw who they go to question about what happened that night. Yeah. And, uh, at first Shaw is, uh, you know, sticking to his story, I guess he says, yeah, it was, you know, my parents were mauled by a grizzly. That's what happened. That's all it was. But when Sam and Dean press him, uh, try to convince him that they're open to you know whatever whatever happened uh shaw reveals that whatever it was it you know it 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 wasn't a grizzly it was something that hunted them something that moved too fast to see it hid and it and it attacked it went into their cabin in the night it didn't break down the door break through a window it unlocked the door no grizzly would do that yeah. and uh dragged his parents from their bed and took off with their with them through the woods yeah He's not sure why he wasn't taken as well, but he did get this parting souvenir from whatever this thing was, which is these massive claw mark scars that are on his shoulder. And he ends on the ominous note that there's something evil in those woods. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. So cut to Sam and Dean brainstorming. They are settling on it's got to be something corporeal it's not a ghost like last week guys we're doing something different <laughs> maybe it's a skinwalker or a black dog that's the theories they have going i love this walk and talk i love the lighting in the scene mm -hmm. i for some reason i love the baby crying in the motel hallway i'm just like right there's something there's something very ambient about this this scene and it's not explaining itself like it's just letting a baby cry in the background for the hell of it you know <laughs> it's great yep and and they're and and you know this is you know before we were just like sam gathered the research he found he found like the pattern of the disappearances they've been in they've been weaseling their way through the witnesses and and the people of interest and you know find gathering information this way but this is the scene where they put their heads together and they talk about you know their their actual you know knowledge of 
their experiences with mm-hmm. these things and and try to brainstorm on what what it actually could be and it's done in a way that it is evoking the fact that they have a lot of experience behind them they're not yeah. sitting here scratching their heads they're coming up with theories and they're not explaining it to the audience how they're really jumping to there and that i find to be really effective storytelling because it leaves the um, viewer room to ask questions and make interpretations and things like that so are you saying that you like this scene better than the three and a half minute uh uh wendigo lore rundown later in the episode i i really don't like that rundown because it's That was was sarcasm, V. (laughs) I know, but I'm sitting here and I'm just like, I don't like the fact that this is the monster that they use. And I'm not going to get on board with it. I'm trying not to let it taint things too much, but it's just a running theme we see even in season 14. I think it was episode 16 or 17, where it still is like, here's two white people explaining a bastardization of First Nations lore and doing it in a way that I'm just like, God, you really didn't care. Like you, you saw something that has cultural significance and you just turned it into a monster of the week. It, it was very Wikipedia article. And not even like good because one of the things that they do to protect against the monster is draw, they say, Anasazi symbols on the ground. It's like, okay, that's not a great term to be using, but that's also a completely different area of the continent from the origins of where the the monster... Yeah, like, coming from the eastern side of North America, the cultures that shared the lore there. I call it lore. But, like, shared this mythic figure in their culture that represents greed and self-fulfilling your needs over the groups. And then the lore drop that you're alluding to is like, yeah, a lot of cultures out there believe that when you are cannibalistic, you gain superpowers. And I'm like, dude, you're conflating shit in a way that isn't accurate at all. Yeah, they're just like they're just like eating eating people gives you gives you superpowers and then and then over time twists you into a, a monster, which is such like a surface level, like you said, lazy way to to talk about it when you could talk about how like the corruption of the like you said the greed and the the and- individual needs being put over the groups. Or right, a more spiritual corruption other than yeah. human flesh rots your brain. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. It's trying very hard to take something from First Nations lore and treat it like um, European folklore. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, we got werewolves. Maybe that's like it. And it's like, you don't get it. You don't get it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And then the, like I mentioned, the Anasazi thing... It's an outdated term. It's a completely different area of North America. You're looking at, like, southwestern United States, the Pueblo people, and 
you're just conflating things like it's a big melting pot when really there's diverse cultures, there's diverse beliefs, and there's no respect given to that. Yeah. Yeah, they think it's a skinwalker, again, <laughs> and black dog are their possible subjects. Yep, yep. And Dean is saying, look, we're just going to go out, meet up with Haley and her guide, and protect them uh, while, you know, we suss out what this thing really is. Yeah. And again, Sam immediately is like, he his hackles go up. He says, you know, it, it, you know, it's now it's again, not about finding dad. We are supposed to babysit. I thought we were on a mission here. Yeah. He wants to give the truth to Haley and then basically make her go home. And Dean's like, no, we protect people from the truth. And so if I know if it was me, I wouldn't stay home just because some random stranger told me to not go look for my missing brother. I would insist on going. So we have to prepare for that eventuality. And so we may as well go with to protect them. And Sam's just like, you're overcomplicating things. We could just have this so much simpler if we just go and find dad. Yes. Yeah. And and Dean lets, you know, lets his... I don't know. He's He's been very... He's, I, I would say he's been a little careful with Sam. Mm-hmm so far but here he lets his frustration be known he he just levels sam with a look and it is a disapproving look and when sam pushes back with like a a what uh, dean just kind of slams the door in his face and says no nothing nothing yeah he's trying to give sam room to grieve but he's also bothered by sam's callousness Uh and he just hasn't figured out yet whether to approach sam about this yeah so in the morning we meet up at the woods i'm i'm sitting here i'm like is there a better description a copse of trees in the (laughs) ridge no no we're 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 in the forest yeah there is a guide named roy there he's saying to leave the little brother ben at home but Haley's like no he won't have any of it we're going to find our brother together yeah and sam and dean jump on board as rangers assisting in the search And Haley, again, is skeptical of this, pointing out Dean's attire as being very unworthy of hikers. Mm -hmm. But he just flips a quip off and says that he doesn't do shorts in reference to the shorts that she's wearing. Yeah. Yeah. And Roy is like, oh, great. Another two tourists. This is exactly what I needed. Yeah. I'm like, why did you sign up, buddy, if you're going to just bitch and moan the whole time? <laughs> He's on a mission, V. Oh, I have to go in the woods again. He's a forest man. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Haley, you shouldn't be wearing shorts out in the woods either. Yeah, I know. I'm like, jeans? What's wrong with What's wrong with jeans? You're not going to get your legs scratched to shit exactly and like bugs you know that there's bugs out in colorado you will not convince me otherwise i don't know never been you might be wrong b i might be i've it's been years since i was in colorado (laughs) long long time went to denver saw the zoo bought a backwards clock it was really fun nice yeah 
the more you know. So we're, we're going off. Um, we're cutting to a cave and we see a couple guys strung up. It is Tommy and Gary and there is something tall and snarling in the shadows that grabs Gary and starts making really squelchy, tearing noises as this guy screams. Yeah, yeah, poor, poor Finn. Yeah, he gone. Yeah, and Tommy, Tommy turns his face away from the massacre. Yeah, he is not looking forward to his fate, that's for sure. We go back to the hiking crowd. We find out that Roy has hunted deer and bear in the area. And Dean is kind of unsuddenly asking about, you know, have you seen other stuff in the woods? Scary stuff? Okay, this whole conversation was like, like... I didn't know that in episode two we had Dean flirting with Roy. That's that's something that I learned today. (laughs) He's like... (laughs) <laughs> he's like so so what do you what do you hunt out here how like he just needs to twirl his hair a little bit <laughs> so so you 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 come out here often you hunt bears you say <laughs> and then and then he you know he's got he's got to he's got to put the macho out there somehow uh and he's like so does anything that you hunt ever hunt back and Roy just kind of lands a hand on him, holding him back. And it's revealed that Dean was about to step in a bear trap. <laughs> I loved I loved Dean's little, like, uh, that's a bear trap. Oh, hey, look at that. Oh, cool. Golly. <laughs> yeah, watch. you better watch where you're stepping, ranger. Yeah. We have some time passing. Haley accuses Dean of not actually being a ranger since, you know, he's not out here with any provisions, just a duffel bag. And Dean kind of lets the veil drop a bit and lets her in on what's actually going on out here. Yep. Yep. He says, look, Sam and I are brothers and our dad is missing. We're looking for our father and yeah, that's why I'm out here. Yeah. I thought that we could, you know, relate in that way. Yeah, they have this thing in common, looking for a missing loved one. And Haley asks, like, why didn't you just say this? And we get this really shocking confession that comes from Dean. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I think this is the most, probably the most honest I've been with a woman ever. So... And I'm like, you did not say much. You just no. admitted to having a brother and a missing dad. Yeah. I shook. Like Well, it's it's inter it's interesting, right? Because I mean, if if he if he's really like, hey, I told you one small true thing about myself, then that that can only mean that he's either not not spent enough time with anyone to to feel the need to be honest or it's just every single you know every single word out of his mouth is a is a story is a mask and he Mm -hmm. just holds on to it and he's comfortable doing that indefinitely i really like that i like that view of it because 
We do see in this episode a little bit of self-awareness from Dean that he knows that he has this act that is going on, like, later when he's talking to Sam and saying, I'm supposed to be the belligerent one. He knows the persona that he's playing with and that he utilizes when he's talking to people. And it is a rare thing, I think, for him at this point to acknowledge when he lets that facade drop. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I really think that I I think that's what it is. I think that he is just a man of many, many masks and he picks them up and sets them down um, in as easy as breathing. And he and I and there's just never really a need to open himself up, honestly. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. It's easier to just do this. And I couldn't help but think of uh, Cassie coming up this season in mm-hmm. a couple of, well, a dozen episodes time, where this was his first serious relationship. And we get the impression that he was really sincere with her. So I just found it to be an interesting juxtaposition when he says this to Haley and then we find out the layers that are actually deeper to the persona that he inherits. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll find out with Cassie that when he did, um, open up when he was sincere he got burned and he got burned bad yeah and you know that that was probably one of his biggest you know one step forward 10 steps back yeah like george michael's careless whisper starts playing never gonna dance again (laughs) now say the whole thing b keep going no oh my god i'm not trying to kill anyone we're not doing that Yeah, it was just an interesting character moment. I don't know if it was terribly thought out or executed, but it's interesting to add it to the collection of things we know about Dean. Exactly, yeah. Um, We move ahead in the forest here. We arrive at the ridge where John's exact coordinates are pointing. And it happens to be dead silence in the woods in this location. Yeah, not even not even the crickets. Uh, so Dean, and knowing that this is right where John pointed them to be, this is presumably where the hunt is. Um, John, no, sorry, Sam and Dean go on the defensive. They, they're, they are. Scanning. on high alert yeah yeah roy is looking around sam advises against it they ought to stick together and they do happen across the ruined campsite from tommy and his friends everything is torn up and bloody and we have um drag marks on the ground that dean locates and he figures the bodies were dragged until they were picked up by something very strong. Yeah. And this, whatever this is, it's no skinwalker. It's no black dog. Yeah. So 
if it's not what they suspect, then they've lost the bit of footing that they had getting out here. They haven't found John, and now they're facing something that they're just not certain what it is yet. Yep. Uh, Haley has found her brother's uh, satellite phone. It's broken, again, broken and bloodied. And as they're surveying the, the, the campsite, uh, they hear a man begin to scream for help in the distance. Yep. They run off after this voice, but they can't find the source of it. And when they return to camp, they find all their shit is ruined. And Roy thinks that it must be a nut job out in the woods that stole their gear. But yeah, it's gone. Sam, all their packs are gone. Yeah. Like, that. Uh, that is the part that would, I think would freak me out. Because I'm a little bit of... I need that security blanket if I'm going to be out in the woods and it's going to be getting dark soon for them. And here they are without any of the things that they brought out. No way to call for help. They're on their own out here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. That would, that would be my panic point. Uh, I don't like the woods. I don't, I they they creep me out and it's very i don't like camping it's uncomfortable i like my bed so <laughs> and like this whole losing their shit is like hearkening to the blair witch like that that's what this episode i feel is yeah. drawing inspiration from and when they aren't able to find their way out of the woods i'm like that's a nightmare like i'm still scared of caves more than anything but Lost in the Woods is really fucking up there, especially if yeah. there's some spookums afoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Roy thinks that there's some psycho out there, which, like, that's not better than some... No. <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool, a random roving psycho. Um, uh-huh. That's fun. I can't wait to be slashed yeah. to death. Oof. Yeah, took took all their gear. Doesn't want them calling for help. Um, and and S- Sam and well, well before before Roy and Sam get into it, uh, uh, Sam does ask to speak with Dean alone for a minute. Yeah, they have to regroup and come up with a new course of action, and the best reference that they have at any point at this time is John's journal. So they start flipping through it to the page on this monster. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, the imitation of a man's voice uh, clued Sam into, you know, this isn't, it's not a black dog, it's not a skinwalker, it could be a Wendigo. Yeah. And Dean, Dean thinks that's crazy because he's never even heard of one this far west, so... So come on, but it's the only thing that fits. And if it does fit, then they're kind of up shit creek because uh, a, a, a gun isn't going to help them uh, here. Yeah. Everything they brought out with them, guns and knives, are useless against this type of creature. So they need to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, they need to they need to get Roy and and Ben and Haley to safety and they need to regroup. Yeah. 
And Roy's not really on board with this. He thinks that they're overreacting. And this is, like you said, where Sam gets into it with him, calling him a stupid sorry ass. And I'm like, yeah, really just starting to bite into this guy. And it's so interesting. Again, I I find so far I am finding finding Sam's character to be pretty pretty fascinating because in the last episode in episode one we had sam who who was kind of our reluctant hero uh and and also uh like that empathetic character to Mm -hmm. dean to counter dean's kind of sleaziness at times but when Sam was interrogating the the husband of Constance, uh, the woman in white, uh, he, he, he uh, how should I say this? He showed his teeth and mm-hmm. they were like, it was interesting to watch that, that kind of a 180 that sam did in that moment because it was like oh you thought he was one kind of character but then he just absolutely lays into this guy and and he gets he's kind of vicious with it yeah he can go very cold very quickly that 180 like you say and at that point you are irrelevant to him it almost feels like like yeah he becomes very calculating and he is going to do whatever is needed to have his way right right that's the word i was looking for not just callous um or mean but cold and and uh here again you know Definitely, we're seeing more anger and frustration from Sam in this episode uh, after after what happened. But to to see him just go like disdainful in yes. the same way that he did last episode, I was like, "Ooh, Sam, what's what's going on?" Because I kind of like it. And yeah, it's really interesting to see him so driven. Like. There is one thing on his mind. There's only one thing that he cares about. He doesn't care about finding Haley's brother. He doesn't care if he's alive or dead. He's like, I need to find my dad so that I can find Jess's killer. Anything that steps between me and that is incidental. It's irrelevant. And now that we are out here in an even more dangerous situation, I'm not going to let this dumb fuck who doesn't know about the things that go bump in the night tell me what to do when his decisions are going to get us killed. Yeah. Yeah. But instead of trying to approach it, you know, it's funny because Dean cuts off Sam the second that he is about to reveal to the group as a whole what they're facing here. Yeah. Which is, hey, well, oh, yeah, you think you're so, you are th- you think you're hot shit? Have you ever hunted a Wendigo before? But he doesn't get to say it because Dean, um, you know, grabs him and tells him to shut it down. Yeah. And Haley, on the other end of it, shuts down this conversation saying they can't leave because she refuses to leave without finding Tommy. So they're at a standstill in that regard. Like... As much as Sam's like, here's the smart choice to make, um, we see the other characters making the heart choice. That's one. That's one thing 
um, though, that I feel like I missed a beat on this episode because here when uh, Sam uh, is 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 facing down Roy, he almost reveals like what they're really hunting, what's really out there. Yeah. But we've saw um, Dean being protective of that, trying to trying to conceal the truth. And I wonder, I don't know if it was just, you know, habit or if it was kind of a deeper, like, you know, it's our job to hunt the monsters. It's not our job to let, you know, to part of protecting people is protecting them from the truth of things. Yeah. So I, I felt like I felt like he was he was trying to 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 do that but then in the very next scene they've already they're they've apparently already talked about it and it's now common knowledge even though we didn't see it happen yeah i guess um we're going to see once roy is gone (laughs) that they're like things become really real like you say like this next scene they are hunkering in after dark and um Dean is drawing the symbols on the ground that is allegedly going to protect them. And Roy is still very skeptical about this, but so it goes. Yeah, but they're openly talking about the Wendigo and how this is a protection against a Wendigo. Yeah. And of course, Roy and, uh, and Haley are saying like, so what are these symbols? Or Roy is saying, oh, we're, that we got the magic circle now you know you you know, you believe in fairy tales you believe in the monsters in the woods um yeah i guess they would have very difficult time corralling these people inside yeah. of the magic circle if they didn't say hey we're drawing a magic circle so that's probably right, right. but yeah i agree with you we jumped from hey don't talk about this to okay and here's what we're doing next yeah right right yeah. And I'm probably, of course, like just reading more into Dean's motivations on how he's trying to shield them or how he se- it seems maybe like he could be trying to shield them um, from the monstrous truth uh, in a way that Sam doesn't really seem to care about. Uh, but I wonder, as you're saying that, it's making me think maybe Dean is shielding them from Sam's wrath, like yeah. that side of his brother that he is discomforted by he's kind of like okay you you need to calm down before you say things you regret right right yeah i get that too yeah but now they're in the magic circle yes and we have our dean and sam bro talk happening dean says that sam has been like a powder keg and it's just really not like him and this is where as i mentioned he makes that sort of self-aware jab where he says i'm supposed to be the belligerent one remember right right this isn't like you it's this act that he knows he's doing but he doesn't think that it suits sam or that sam is maybe aware of the extent to which this is eating at him sam admits that he is just singly focused on finding john and dean says that he doesn't think John was actually out at these coordinates, but they're not leaving. He has faith that John sent them out here to win the good fight. And it's because of the fact that John left the journal behind. Right, right. They thought they thought that um they were 
going to you know the next meet point the be- the next meeting <laughs> point uh where they could you know find john and and get some answers but instead uh john was never here he's just pointing them to this this hunt that it, to to sam is just absolutely irrelevant to what he to what he needs yeah uh which is to find jess's killer and it's like if john wouldn't be here to do this then why do they have to do it sam doesn't feel that duty or that obligation the same way that dean does right no but but dean is saying look here with this with this journal this is john handing on the mantle this is his legacy and he is giving us now the responsibility to he's trusting us with this duty to uh to save people hunt things take up the family business you know mm-hmm. keep keep going where john left off uh, and, I, and i find it interesting that they didn't really like get too much into you know they say pick up where john left off but they they haven't really talked yet about the fact that you know john seemed to just drop everything and go what is he going after yeah i think that there might have been a bit of an allusion to the fact that um sam says they need to find their dad because if this thing is back after 20 years he's the one most likely to have answers Mm -hmm. so there's maybe this hope in sam that the reason why their dad is awol is because he's on this big lead this thing is back and he is aware of it yeah yeah but but dean's saying you know dad has given us a job to do and i intend to do it i'm going to keep I'm I'm going to I'm going to save these people and help the world in doing it. Uh and and he's telling Sam, you know, and and we're going to get there. You know, we're going to find dad. We're 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 going to figure it out. I know how much this is eating up at you. I know how important it is, but but this anger that you're holding, it's it you you can't sustain it you can't keep doing this that anger is going to kill you you he he sam needs to be prepared for the long haul yeah don't burn out early and because of this anger yeah and i'm like dean talk to your season 15 self (laughs) i oh man this episode for Dean's character, I if I'm excited about how Sam is is if I'm excited at the duality of Sam, I am also equally excited about the duality of Dean to yes. see him be, you know, Dean, what he thinks uh his, you know, baseline Deanness is. He just keeps falling back into these, like, I don't know, throwing the wink or yeah. ribbing at Sam or making those self-depreciating comments. <laughs> like, um, there's that lightness to him, but also, like, he doesn't feel dark and twisty yet. He, yes. The way he talks about his dad is, like, 
he's talking about some religious thing that he has faith in. He he's countering Sam's desire for concrete details by just saying that, you know, dad thought we could do this and I think we can do it too. Like that's enough to buoy him moving forward. And it's just interesting to see this in contrast to like what we find out in later episodes is Sam's very strong relationship with faith in God versus Dean's absolute no faith. Right, right. His his faith is very much his driving faith is very much tied in to his duty to his father. Yeah. But so there so there's that and it's it's watching this episode, I found myself thinking back on how I was talking about Sam and Dean's characters last episode, where, you know, Sam has this compassion but there's that other side of him mm-hmm. that's not so compassionate. Dean is this is kind of cocky and sleazy, but the other side of him is that he is more emotionally intuitive than even, you know, than even Sam has been the last two episodes. In this episode we're seeing that like that underneath in Dean where he is just very very like i said emotionally intuitive and compassionate in in a different way than i would have expected from him seeing episode one yeah you get the sense that he's attuned to sam even after this time apart and i think that's very consistent for his role in the family as we find out that he was kind of the peacekeeper between Sam and John Mm -hmm. and to be a peacekeeper you have to be emotionally savvy at least to the point where you can read moods and figure out you know okay is there shit coming my way based off of the twitch of a face or the slam of a door yeah yeah and with Haley as well he he's writing that line between you know trying to trying to you know reading her worries and reassuring her and then also like being sleazy but yeah in a you know in a, in a kind of charming way yeah he's keeping up the act but it's not like he is hitting on her making her uncomfortable he's not doing these type of things and like i noticed when he met jess too like maybe he was commenting on her shirt but he wasn't giving her an up and down with his eyes he kept eye contact with her the whole time so it's this layer that jensen brings where like it could very easy we're using the word sleazy but truthfully he's doing it in a charming light fashion yeah yeah and i i think you're right in that it's oh that's interesting it's i i think that this is one of those things where the way that it is written on the page translate differently when you give the script to jensen ackles yes so absolutely so Sam needs to find his patience. Yeah. And Dean's really just cautioning his brother, look forward, realize we have some time to go. Don't get your hopes up that every next thing is going to lead to dad. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't like want to get into it too much, but I'm like how long Dean has been on his own with John. And again, just attuning himself to his dad's whims and being like, 
Sam, you're out of practice with how big of a circus this type of thing is. Oh, there'll be time. There there will be time, B. Yeah. Oh. Just think about faith. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just punched out of me. <laughs> I lost my ghost just thinking about it. <sighs> so, yeah. Sam doesn't know how Dean does this all, but Dean admits he takes comfort from helping people and also killing a lot of evil things. Oh, come on, B. Come on. Hmm. The evil, the evil what now? Things. <laughs> the, the, he's going to kill as many evil sons of bitches as he can. Thank you. I know I can't do it. It sounds so stilted. It's like sons of bitches. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yes. Here comes again. Just a little nugget we're going to see play in the future. So, we hear again in the woods the man's voice calling for help. Um, Roy ends up taking the bait. He fires at a shape in the trees and then runs off after it, figuring that he hit it. Um, Sam and Dean try to get him back, but it's too late. He's been lifted by his neck up into a tree. Mm -hmm. Bye, Roy. Bye, Roy. How do you feel about the, you know, Wendigo aside, I mean, Wendigo cultural appropriation mm -hmm. aside, uh, how do how are you feeling about the the horror in this episode, the monster and the tension? I don't know if I can really put it aside, but it is mm -hmm. like if this had been the monster that they crafted, I think that it's fairly effective. You have something that, as Sam says, it's the perfect hunter. It is luring you with a human voice, and if you don't know, that's that's my shit. That's uh huh. Oh, American Vampire has this really incredible creature. I'll I'll talk to you about it later. But it gave me the spookums the way it was crafted, and it's just yeah. shaped around mimicking people's voices. So it has all of the elements to it that make it really effective horror. I do just find this story a little bit dull because it's so much walking and talking. Yeah, I think that I think that when we do have the like you're being stalked in the dark moments, I think that they do the tension well. Mm -hmm. I think that at the end of the episode, when we actually have like the monster reveal, I'm like, you were so much more effective when it was just the shadow that you never yes. saw. And so much of Supernatural is that way. Like, the alluding to a thing is so mm -hmm. much more effective than actually seeing the thing. Like, spoilers for season 15 and season 5, but the whole conversation around when Michael faces Lucifer, it, the earth trembles and half the planet will be destroyed. And then we get to season 15, and it's them throwing a couple pew-pew balls in the bunker and uh -huh. having Lucifer throw around the word cuck way too many times. <laughs> the alluding to the fight is so much better than actually seeing it. And yeah. Supernatural just kind of shoots itself in the foot sometimes with doing too much showing and telling. Yeah, yeah. 
I agree. That's that's definitely how I felt with uh with with this monster with this episode. Uh, I thought that it was it was effective until they shot themselves in the foot with it. Yeah, I would have liked but, somehow. because even like with Shaw with mm-hmm. Shaw when they were um talking with him near the beginning of the episode, they said, "What did you see? If it wasn't a gr- grizzly, then what was it?" And he said, "I I didn't see anything." I yeah. saw nothing. It it was it was too fast. It was nothing but a nightmare, you know, that took everything from me. I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's good horror. Exactly. Having all of the word of mouth build up for it is really effective. And then when they're in the woods and it's just rustles and human voices and coming back to the campsite and finding all your shit gone. These mm-hmm kind of fear in the absence of the creature is really, really convincing. And I feel like this story just kind of falls short when they center it into the mine shafts and they make it these very one path um, conflicts that come up between the humans and the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. And even here, I mean, Roy just went missing and and they and th- they have to wait out the dark with with having lost one of their own. Yeah. That type of thing is really effective. But we sort of just cut to the morning with Sam fondling his father's journal's rosary. I'm like <laughs> It's not what I would do, but I also don't connect with this. So whoops. Oh well. Um Haley and Dean are likewise talking about the creature and how Dean knows about this kind of stuff, like what his backstory is. Um, Sam it kind find- of runs in the family. Yeah, which is understatement of the year. Mm-hmm. Sam has shored himself up by this point and he is finally on board. He wants to kill the creature. So we get the lore drop that we mentioned before, the whole idea of cannibalism somehow giving you special powers, which, again, wrong for this creature. And if Wendigos know how to starve or to hibernate, um, then it's likely that Tommy's being kept in some place dark, hidden, and safe. Right. The the Wendigo takes its victims alive so that it can feed when it wants to. Yeah. And Ben's kind of like, I mean, they find in the next scene here, Roy's body. And he's like, okay, so why did they kill him? And Sam says, I think they were just pissed off that he shot at them. Yeah. But we're back to hiking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got the rundown on the Wendigo lore. Now... Uh, the only thing they can do is to track it back to its lair. We need to find where it's holding um, its victims. And as they are following the trail, they seem to be following the claw marks uh, on the trees. And they and there's more walk and talk. Uh, nothing too substantial. Um, but they get to this... Uh, this section of the forest where there's no longer a path of of claw marks that they can follow they are just surrounded on all sides from w- uh, with uh 
marks in the boughs of the trees. Yeah. Kind of a dead end thanks to this ring of claw marks. Right. Right. To say. And then and then Sam says to Dean like I think that we've been led here. Yeah. It was almost too easy. Yeah. Like this random pattern is so perfectly random. And we have a nice spooky moment that we've never seen before. Some blood dripping down onto Haley's shoulder. (laughs) And when she looks, we see Roy's body fall out of the tree. And oh fuck, time to run. Yes. Yeah. They are running from the creature. We can hear those nice little growls and rustles stalking them. As yep. they run, and Ben trips and falls behind a bit. Sam doubles back to help him up, and um, and that little bit of separation is all it takes for the Wendigo to take advantage. And it, Wendigo naps <laughs> Haley and Dean. Yep, they are hoisted off and grabbed by the monster. So Sam and Ben put up a search, and they end up finding Dean's M&M trail, his little breadcrumb trail leading mm-hmm. through the forest towards a mine shaft that is marked, do not enter extremely toxic material. <laughs> and and then there's this weird moment where they're looking at the boarded off uh, mine shaft entry that has the sign that says do not enter toxic material. And then there's some spooky music and then they look up and it says do not enter no admittance. Yeah. And I'm like, we mean what? it this time. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Right. The second sign is what got me. The first one wasn't enough. Keep out. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I think that they may have made fun of themselves a little bit because all Sam does is look at Ben, shrug, and go straight in. Fair enough, yeah. I just found it very interesting that it was extremely toxic material. I was like, okay. Yeah, I wonder yeah. what it was. What were you guys and mining said- out here? Uranium? <laughs> they said silver and gold, didn't they? Or did they say silver and coal? I do hmm. not know. I, th- I think I thought... I think I thought I thought it was gold. Yeah, I think they said silver and gold all through the mountains. Mm -hmm. So, nothing that screamed toxic material. No. So, they enter, they follow the rail tracks, they got their flashlights out, and there's some growling noises, so they hide and then um, follow the distant figure that they see until they happen to fall through some rotten... um, rail tracks down to the next level mm-hmm. and there's bodies lots of bodies lots of skeletons but also dean and Haley yeah are hanging from the stalactites on the ceiling i don't know something <laughs> yeah they're strung from... up by something yeah yeah hanging from the mine rafters uh and dean um, sorry, Sam cuts Dean down and Ben cuts Haley down and now the party is reunited, but they, uh, but before they leave the cavern, there's one more person that yes. Haley catches sight of. Yeah. And it's Tommy. And he's alive. And so he's alive. They're rushing to go cut him down too. 
And so now the party is reunited. Yes, we have all five figures mostly intact. There's also their gear packs down here. So Dean pilfers through some of maybe these former campers who've been kidnapped. And he pilfers out some flare guns. And he's like, this is perfect. This is what we need. Fire to kill the Wendigo. So he does his action girl pose with two guns raised. And we have a plan. Yep. That'll work. Um, except their plan is going through the mineshaft with no flashlights, even though they had all those packs. Yeah. Whatever. Yep. And, you know, we're one level down, but we know how to get out of caves. They're, like, they're doing a creep. Creeper. Or not a creeper. They're creeping. I, I cannot stress the fact that I am so scared of caves. Like, oh, this is my nightmare. Like, getting lost in a cave. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. And like you say, where's the flashlights at? Did we forget about flashlights? Well, we got flare guns. They're like one second flashlights. We're fine. (laughs) So they're walking. They hear growling. Sam and Dean make a plan. So Dean basically rushes ahead as bait, screaming about how he tastes good, and leaves the other four to escape. But the growling follows them. They hide. Haley doesn't want to leave, but Sam insists that they go on without him. He tries to fire a shot at the monster, but it goes wide. So he runs back to Haley and the others, and he stands between them and the Wendigo as it looms. I will shield you with my body! Yes, my very ineffective meat shield. (laughs) But then... There is a call from behind, and it's Dean, and he shoots his flare gun right into the body of this creature, and it goes up in flames and dies. And they all experience a victory sensation. Woo! Woo! And it's here in the cavern uh, when the creature attacks Sam that we see the creature for the first time. Yeah. I feel like it was trying to be... The the vampire monsters from uh, The Descent, but didn't quite get there. Yeah. I was like, angry golem. And then <laughs> angry small-eyed golem. But I, I, I've expressed my feelings about this enough. Victory! Victory! So we are back at the ranger station. Um, Ben is telling the authorities that it was a grizzly who attacked all the campers. And there is an ambulance where Tommy is being loaded up. And Dean and Haley are sharing a parting conversation before she, too, has to jump in the ambulance with him. Really? I just, I don't know how to repay you. (laughs) And he's doing kind of this smirky look at her and she calls him out on trying to cheapen the moment the sincerity here and when she gives him a parting kiss it does seem to take him aback it seems like a level of vulnerability that he wasn't expecting to feel and maybe doesn't feel very often i i agree i agree but the whole like must you cheapen the moment um it it it's it's again it was charming because it was an act you know yes. he was just doing it to do it he was doing it playfully 
Um, but then when he, when Haley does give him that kiss on the cheek, it's like surprise that, that he actually, or that there, that he was actually shown that, that affection. And I think with other actors, it would play very differently. You know, Mm -hmm. if we had the Dean character being this really smirky, charming, and then we have the Haley character be disgusted instead of like slightly charmed but also like oh my god like mm-hmm. oh you um it would plays as a very different scene than what we got which is this kind of light innocence of the fact that these two people have connected over missing family members and she was able to reunite her family and she says to Dean that she hopes he finds his father as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was cute. Yes, I agree. So we have our final conversation, Dean and Sam leaning on the Impella, watching the Impella, the ambulance go. Um, they both agree that they hate camping. <laughs> Which and- they should. Truly. I mean, both both from a meta level and a, you know, just I feel you. I feel you there. Level. <laughs> I've had camping that I've enjoyed, but the amount of times I've gone like tent camping is very, very infrequently. There's been like a nice long weekend Ren Fair that had camping. I liked that. Cool. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Oh, very, very, uh, don't tell me. Moon. <laughs> Moon garden. Moon shadow. Moon cat. What? Moon kingdom. I'll what? let you do this all night. <laughs> Moon wood. Moon. What? Okay, what is it? Moon door. Moon door! <laughs> <laughs> very moon door yeah okay yeah. i yeah. would have never gotten that <laughs> <laughs> it was a valiant effort mm-hmm. our parting conversation is dean assuring or maybe sam assuring i'm not sure one of them assuring that they'll I would find say, their dad <laughs> yeah and i would say that this conversation is really just sam extending the olive branch yes um to say you know okay we'll keep looking but we'll also keep hunting yeah in the meantime i'm driving says sam who's really Uh pushing it and and you know dean relents he tosses sam the keys sam gets behind the wheel and they drive off into the sunrise (laughs) it's definitely bright again by time they're on the road so yeah sunrise and that is that that's the episode so Final takeaways, Remy. So, final takeaways. How about you? Do you do you have a final takeaway? Let's go. Let's. If you have one, then you can go first. Yes, I really think mine is that Sam and Dean bro talk that they had in the woods, where Dean is kind of admitting to the mask that he's wearing, and he is showing concern to Sam and trying to get him to slow down. It's mm-hmm. a nice foundational i know we threw that word around a lot last episode but (laughs) 
it's giving us a glimpse into the type of conversations that cases are going to bring up in the future. And it gave us really good characterization beats. And I just really liked that moment in this episode. Yeah. 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 You coming? Aries liked it too. Yeah. (laughs) Grumpy. I think that my final takeaway is going to be that duality of Dean that I think we saw the first glimpses of this episode. Last episode, we saw that duality of Sam. It's carrying on again through this episode. Mm -hmm. This episode, I think we really see it, um, it for Dean for the first time. We're seeing a bit of vulnerability from him. We're seeing uh, small cracks behind the masks that he wears. And it's yeah. really compelling. Yeah. And and how exactly it's cracks through the mask and how he, you know, what's really going through his head. How, like, what calculations are actually happening there. Yes. And it's it's pretty interesting yeah how much of this is a persona that he is perfected and become comfortable with but ultimately is not himself mm-hmm. and how much of himself is he not yet comfortable with which i think is so crazy because they were like what like three or four overall three or four lines or scenes that were real character moments but even just the smallest things, the smallest throwaway lines uh, coming from Dean, coming from Jensen, became these character moments that you just didn't expect. Yes. Because it could have very easily been um, superficial and been more commentary on the fact that he's pretending to be a ranger, but he doesn't look like one. Mm-hmm. And they really honed it in on he's acting like someone he's not and giving us... Um, small peeks into what he really would be like if this job hadn't honed him the way it did. Yeah. So interesting. Very. very. I am an awful person, B. Do you want to know why? Why? Because every time that we do an episode, I have the same sign off on my notes. I have, you know, my my play by play. I have my reaction notes. And then at the end of the episode, I say next week, next time <laughs> on Supernatural. I forgot to write down the episode. <gasps> I forgot to write down the episode. What is hold on? I'm, I'm, I'm Googling it right now. I'm racing you. No, uh, you're gonna win. <laughs> no, I'm not, but I'm gonna give it some effort. I'm very season one, episode three, dead in the water. Oh my god, I just fucking had it. I just <laughs> got it. <laughs> well look guys that was uh supernatural season one episode two wendigo and next week we will be covering uh season one episode three dead in the water yes so thank you guys for joining us today as always um give us a review make sure you subscribe tell a friend to listen in and join us in the meta fun You guys can email us. You can contact us on Tumblr or Twitter. We are very happy to talk about the show with y'all and share our thoughts and gather yours in return. Yeah, absolutely. We hope you guys had fun. So we'll talk to you next week. 
Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys.